You're listening to the Podcast Detroit Network. Visit www.podcastdetroit.com for more information. Hey, everybody. My name is Alex. It's Thursday, or it's Wednesday evening. Excuse me. Time for some American Whiner. How's everybody doing? I slept all day today. I literally slept all day. I fell asleep at about 8 o'clock this morning, and uh, I woke up uh, about an hour before I had to, to leave for the studio, and so uh, I'm still kind of recovering from that. Sleeping all day is, is one of the most uh, – it's a it's a pleasing accomplishment, and also uh, you feel a little disappointed when you wake up because you're like, man, I slept all fucking day. Uh, but anyway, so I'm I'm going to try and be coherent throughout the whole interview here. And, and uh, joining me uh, via Skype uh, is Mr. Nick Gray of the Florida-based uh, band Noiseheads. Nick, thanks so much for coming on, man. Thanks for having me. How are you doing? How's how, Are you in Florida right now? Yeah. Doing okay. Um, just, uh, you know, uh, the huge uh, working and... Uh, staying busy and getting ready for the holidays. Nice. Uh, well, I start these interviews off with the same question every time. The question is, where were you born? I was actually born in uh, Pensacola, Florida, which is where I live now. Um, and uh, I'm I'm the only family member out of out of all of my family that was born right here next to the beach, and I'm the only one that hates the beach. Oh, that is the most unfortunate thing ever. That you're you're you've lived in Florida your entire life, and you hate the beach. Uh, what? Why haven't you left Florida? I well, I have left Florida. Um, my wife and I both uh, actually lived in Seattle for about a year, and then um, we ended up coming back. And then we tried moving again. And we moved to North Carolina. And uh, was there for about half a year and came back. Uh, so something just keeps bringing us back here. Um, a lot of our families here, um, but we, you know, we certainly wanted to try other places. But, um, you know, I, I don't know. I, I think something just kept bringing us back here. And, and, and the one thing that we loved the most about going to new places was, was exactly that, you know, going to new places and traveling. So we thought, well, maybe if we can make it work here, you know, the cost of living here is not very high compared mm-hmm. to like a Seattle um, or any other bigger city. Pensacola is a relatively small town um, in, in comparison to, to other cities like it. Um, and so uh, we thought, well, maybe if we could just make it work here and then we can travel as much as we can, then that might be the best of both worlds. So. As of now, we're kind of we're we're hanging out here, um, but uh, it's it's been good. I mean, we've tried other places, but something something about Pensacola, uh, and, and it's not the beach. <laughs> so I think um, honestly, the food here is one of the greatest things. And um, I mean, not that that should be the um, end all be all, but I think that does make a difference. Um, and uh, you know, just having a nice Home cooked meal uh, is is always a good thing. Right on, man. So, did you grow up in Pensacola then? If you were born there, yes. Um, actually, grew up in a town called Milton, which is even smaller than Pensacola. It, it I think, um, 
now it's grown a little bit, but you know, it, it's basically farm farmland. So I live next to a hay field and a cotton field, and um, and then just next to a bunch of uh, cows, and you know, um, and that's that's where I grew up. I uh, did all twelve grades there, and stayed here for a little bit during college and then that's kind of when we moved around and then came back and I finished college but yep born and raised here so what what were you into as a kid what tell me about your childhood like what did you what were your interests and what did you spend your time doing music was a big part of it um my my whole family is fairly musical um my dad um or on my dad's side in particular his mom was um a fantastic um, songwriter and and singer. Although I, I've never never really heard her because uh, she she passed away when I was really little. Um, but you know I've read lyrics that she's written and they're kind of scattered all throughout my parents' house. Um, and so I I imagine that's probably where it comes from. My uncle is um, was a big influence growing up. Of course, my dad. Um, but um, you know, we kind of had a family band growing up, sort of, you know, I mean, we didn't really play anywhere. We just kind of played for each other at, uh, you know, Fourth of July gatherings and other little family get togethers. Music was definitely a big part of it. Um, uh, you know, I was in band uh, throughout middle school and high school. Um, I did do a lot of other creative things so like not really art so much as a little bit of like design i would do that um video um i i would make movies when i was you know i think i started around eight eight or nine years old started making little movies around the house with a vhs camcorder and uh and was into that for a while then i started making music videos uh, and then music kind of took over and um and now that's kind of what I do. I actually, my my day job is video production. And so I just make videos all day, every day. Um, it's kind of funny just how that worked out. But, yeah, no uh, kidding, man. Uh, we'll, we'll definitely get to get to talking about that. Um, but uh, what kind of a student were you? Pretty good student. Um, my parents wouldn't let me be anything other than, than the, the best, in, in their eyes at least. Uh, they... You know, if I brought home a B, they would um, they would uh, have a fit. Um, but um, yeah, so mostly mostly good. I, I think I only got one C, and that was in high school, and it was just the worst teacher ever. But pretty good student though. Uh, and then you, you mentioned uh, what 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 did your parents do for a living, or what do they do for a living? My dad, uh, a lot of construction work. He he is a bit of a workaholic. Um, I guess I'm, I'm a lot like him in that way. I will work nonstop. Um, and, uh, and he was very much the same way, but not in the way that he wasn't present, which is kind of, it's weird to look back on now. He was actually, you know, he worked a nine to five job and then he would go work side work. He did construction on the side and he wouldn't come home until eight thirty, nine 9 o'clock at night, right around my bedtime. Um, and so, but it's not like I didn't see him, you know, because he, he really made up for it on the weekends. We would always go do something together, uh, whether it be, you know, go to the park, go see a movie or 
or, you know, go to the football game on Friday nights or something. So he was always, he was always there, but, um, but literally during the week he was, he was gone. Um, and my mom was the stay at home mom. Uh, she tried to have a few jobs here and there. Um, but, uh, I think she just liked having or being there for me, um, and, and for her other kids too. But, you know, I, I have five other siblings, um, two of whom I don't talk to that much, three of which um, were I didn't live with. So they were already moved out for the most part. My brother, uh, Joe, who's in the band, he, um, you know, he, he's 10 years older than I am. And so he moved out when I was, um, I guess, around eight. Um, so I was an only child from like eight to, you know, from then on, I guess. So. Yeah, that's a pretty unique experience to have five other siblings, but you have your parents all to yourself. Um, are you the are you, are you the youngest then, or is is that uh, how that works out? Or, yep, I'm, I'm I was there last. So, um, all right. Well, you mentioned uh, music was always kind of a part of your life, but do you remember for you like when you kind of first got into it for yourself, where you were like, I think that this is something that I want to pursue. Um, I think it was always that way. It was, you know, uh, my, my first cassette that I ever made was when I was, I think I was five or something. And I, you know, you get those blank, you know, cassettes and I, I had a, um, uh, I had like a Yamaha keyboard that I would never, like, I, I didn't know what I was doing, but I would kind of mess around on there. I'd maybe find a beat or something and I'd play the beat and then I'd have a, a mic plugged in to the to the tape recorder we had this like radio shack mic or something and then you know i would play the beat and then i would like make up a song you know and it was you know obviously the most basic thing um but i mean that's kind of where it started i guess and then i would like draw very horribly on the on the cassette you know and the first band name i had was style you know <laughs> again i was like five so style and then um and so I drew like you know the the band name in its own little font uh, with my my five year old handwriting and uh, I think I still got that somewhere but I, I mean I would say it started then because I never I never really like took it seriously until much later but I always like was trying to do it I just I never same thing with like you know, video production, you know, making movies. I never really thought of that as like a serious thing. I just thought it was for fun and music is the same way. I just, you know, I did it for fun and I kept at it and, uh, and I just wanted to be, you know, good at it. And so I kept trying and, um, I, I want to say it wasn't until after high school, you know, I, I was writing songs. I was putting them on MySpace at the time. And I got picked up by a uh, an, an indie label that was relatively nearby. They weren't like a local uh, label. They were um, just kind of getting started, but they had really good connections. And, uh, you know, when they, they, they found one of the songs I put up on there, and, um, and that was the whole experience in itself. It didn't work out um, for a number of reasons, but that was the first time that I was like, Oh, okay. Maybe, maybe I can try to do this. 
on my own and maybe maybe it could be a career. That was the first time I ever really thought of it that way and that was I was 18. Okay. And 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 MySpace had a had something to do with that as it as it tended as it tended to do for uh for for people in our age group. Uh MySpace you hear that so much where it's like oh, I put my songs on MySpace and that's where I got my first uh my first bit of attention and it made me think that this could be a viable career path. Um but uh why rock music specifically like when did you sort of i mean that cassette you made when you were five it was you said it was mostly just piano like yamaha keyboard beats and then some piano um like but when did you start getting into rock music specifically and then when did you decide like this is the particular medium that i want to that i think i'd i'd gel with best um i mean you know i grew up in the 90s and so 90s music was you know, it was on the radio, and that—that's all I really knew at the time, other than what my parents sort of, you know, um, uh, introduced me to, which was a lot of '70s music, a lot of '60s, '70s music. They were a little bit older than a lot of like my friends' parents. Um, you know, they were in their their mid 40s, 50s during my childhood. So, so their music was, you know, the Beatles and Crosby, Stills, and Nash, and um, that kind of stuff. And so I knew a lot of that. You know, the first first songs I ever learned how to play, or the first song, actually, that I ever learned how to play on guitar, I think I got my first guitar when I was six, and, and, and my brother Joe showed me how to play um, Day Tripper. Hmm. So, you know, that that riff that da, 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 right right know, and so i learned how to play that on that was the first thing i ever learned on guitar and um you know and then fast forward to several years later when i'm you know kind of researching all these bands um of the 90s i realized that many of them are influenced by the beatles and so which is was my whole childhood so you know i knew every Beatles song by the time i was probably nine and that's a in big part to to joe because he really got into him when when he was in high school and so and everything he was into i had to be into as well so um but um yeah i mean but rock music i mean i think it was just it's just it's what was popular when i was growing up and um in addition to the fact that a lot of those bands were influenced by the people that my parents were kind of letting them listen to. Um, but outside of that, you know, I mean, uh, I learned piano by playing Elton John songs. Like my dad had a Elton John handbook. And then for whatever reason, I was just super into Michael Jackson. Like when I was like 10 or 11, I just, I, I was so into it. Not just so much the songs as like, you know, his performance and his dancing, but I mean, there was just something about it I was really into. And, and, um, and then I, I just, you know, I, I like all kinds of, of music and I studied jazz and in high school and in college, you know, my, I have a degree in jazz percussion specifically. <laughs> um, so I love all kinds of music. I think rock is just something that was so embedded into me from a very early age that it's just sort of what I, always kind of go back to but you know if you had heard any of the demos that i have of just my own music before noise heads it was a bunch of random stuff i 
I have one song that I wrote when I was like 16, 17 that was very poppy, very dancey, you know, and I didn't think it was a bad song, but I played it for for my family at one occasion or something. And my other brother was like, yeah, maybe never write something like that. <laughs> <laughs> like, That's a hard okay. pass. <laughs> so, yeah. So, yeah. Well, uh, tell me, we'll jump ahead and then tell me about Noiseheads. Tell me the story of Noiseheads, how it, how it came about. Well, next year will be our 10th anniversary, um, which is crazy to think about. But it was born out of that indie label um, deal that I got when I was 18. I was with that label for, and they're now, they're not a thing now. They're um, defunct, as they say. Um, but they, uh, I was with them for about a year. We were working, we were working on what was going to be my like solo. I, I didn't have a band. It was just me and I was playing everything. And so that was going to be my solo album or whatever. I don't know what they had planned exactly, but we were just recording songs that I had written at the time. And I only had like four or five that I really liked and, uh, but they wanted me to write at least four or five more and just that whole process i mean i i was i was both fascinated by it and disappointed by it because i was like well why you know why can't we do this and why are you making me do this and and uh and i think eventually i just asked too many questions and i was i was <laughs> too too curious about what they wanted to do and why they wanted to do it that eventually they just stopped answering my questions um, and, and just stop talking to me. Uh, and then that was it. And then my contract was up after like, you know, a year or whatever. And so it, they, they don't still have ownership over anything. Uh, I have one, one connection that I made from that, that I still, still keep in contact with this guy. And he's, you know, um, uh, he's a really good guy. He's always been super supportive. So, so something good came out of it. But when that whole thing you know, kind of went downhill. Um, I was all about, well, I'm just going to do this on my own. And, um, and I really want it to be a band. I don't want it to just be me because it just seems silly. You know, my favorite bands were bands. They weren't, you know, as, as far as rock music goes, you know, I, I wanted the personalities of a band right. know, rather than just one guy at the time. And so I was so dead set on starting a band and, and the name came, um, I was, I was talking with a friend one day and I was like, you know, we were just talking about Pearl Jam and Soundgarden and Audio Slave and whatever. And I think throughout the name Noiseheads, cause it was kind of along the same lines. I was like, okay, well that's it, you know? Mm -hmm. And so, um, and it just stuck and, um, yeah, so. So it was just, so tell me about like when you guys first got together then, like, I mean, how did you, you, your brother is obviously one of the guys you play with and then how did you find, you know, how did you guys find, how did you find the other members of the band? How did that come together? Yeah, it was a, it, it was a different lineup when it, when, uh, when I first sort of pulled the band together, it was, I mean, it was a completely different lineup. Uh, I had a different drummer at the time. I had a different, um, I had a different bass player, a different guitar player, you know, my brother, me and him had played in bands for a while, um, you know, prior to that. You know, we, we had always played together in groups and got to do some cool stuff. But um, it was around this time, 
10 years ago that he wasn't really into playing anymore. He kind of, you know, um, I guess was just feeling the burnout a little bit. Maybe it was just a little discouraged based off of the other bands that he was a part of. And, and so he actually sold a lot of his equipment. So I was like, well, I guess, um, you know, I guess I can't ask him to do it. You know, I don't know. It was, it was, it was a weird time for him, I think, musically. And so I didn't go down that path at first. And then, um, and so, you know, I had to, I had to line up for about six months and, and then, uh, and then Greg, um, the drummer that, um, that's in the band now and that's been in the band ever since he, um, he approached me, I think, I guess around this time, maybe a little bit before, like November of 2010. And, um, and said, you know, hey, I'm I'm available, which I thought he wasn't. And um, he was like, no, I, I would really like to be a part of this. I think he had heard that I had, you know, kind of got this thing going. And and I I still kind of feel bad. The, the drummer that I had is a is a really good friend of mine. His name's Chris. And um and I mean we're still good friends, but I kind of had to tell him like you know that Greg was always in my mind for this project. And uh, and he was he was understanding, but I, I still feel bad about that. But I think it worked out the way it was supposed to. And and Chris has actually played with us live on several occasions as like an auxiliary percussionist. So he's on our some of our like unplugged stuff online. He he's manning the bongos and the tambourine and all that. He's a he's a great drummer. Uh, he's just you know he's got a great band. He's in a funk band now that he kind of started in. I mean, he's a great drummer. It just, you know, for this project, I had a very specific sound in mind, and and Greg was that, and um, and so then Joe came along, 2011. Um, we were we were about to play a show, and I, I wanted to expand the, you know, it, it, we were a three piece just like we are now, but we had this um, this contest or something that we were doing, and I was like, well, I really want to bring in you know, another guitarist and my bass player at the time was like, well, I can play guitar. And so then I hit up Joe and I was, this was right before we were about, I was about to move to Seattle. So me and my wife, we were about to move, kind of put the band on hold for a little bit. We were about to move. We were going to play this show. It was going to be the last show, whatever, 2011. And, um, and so I basically begged Joe to come play. I was like, will you please play bass for this last show? And he's like, okay. And then, so when that happened, that's when we did the um, this kind of life video that's online. So the, the the old video that looks all orange and everything. It was it was a demo song or a demo version of that song, but it was something that we needed to have for that contest. And so I was like, well, let's just let's just get together and all you know film this real quick and let's you know do that and. And uh, I think we just had a good time uh, having Joe there, kind of filling out the bottom. He, it, it just the the rhythm sections like really locked up, and so and me being a drummer, that's kind of what I, you know, um, or me being a drummer, not the drummer, but me being a drummer, you really responded to the way Joe and Greg played together, um, and so. Um, after we came back from Seattle, um, 
I immediately called the guys up and said, hey, let's let's work on an album because this was too good, which was part of the, not, not the reason, but part of the reason why we came back because um, I, was, I was stupid enough to think that I could find people just as good in, in Seattle. You know, I was, which is, it's so dumb to think about now, but in my mind, I was like, well, I'll just start it there. I'll just find some guys. I'll find another drummer and I'll find it, you know, nothing against them at the time, but I was like, oh, I'll just find some guys. And, uh, and I, I jammed with a few people and I was like, well, you know, I, you're not Greg and you're not Joe and this is not going to work. So, um, after that I was, you know, it was a very, uh, humbling experience. So I was like, uh, this is, um, you know, this was really something special. And so, um, and we've been together pretty much ever since. So, yeah, well, they say, I mean, I, I, I believe in like musical soulmates sort of thing. And it's, 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 um, I mean, a band is like a marriage, you know? And, uh, if you're, I mean, this is kind of a weird example, but, uh, if you ever watch the office, there's that episode where Michael calls up all of his exes and the only one he gets along with still is Holly and who's the one that he ends, he ends up with. And, uh, it sounds like it's kind of the same thing. Like you, you realize like, Hey, these guys, I, I felt the spark with these guys and I don't, I, I didn't feel it with anybody else. So I might as well, that's what I'm supposed to be doing is I'm supposed to be playing with these guys. And, and it worked out, which is cool. Cause a lot of the time, if it's, if the ship is sailed, you never get it back. You know, um, I know a guy who was in a band, uh, I mean, he was, and this is a long time ago. This is probably like mid two thousands, but the guy moved to LA. They, they were absolutely brilliant together. And the guy moved to L.A. and they've never played together again. And and it was this this sort of moment in time. So that's really cool that you guys not only got back together, but you've stayed together. Uh, and now you're you're coming up on ten years. So that's that's a good thing. Um, uh, tell me about uh, so you came back and started working on uh, the, an album, which uh, became 1994, which would have been released in uh, 2013. Um, tell me about the your writing process, how you guys went about uh, creating that album. So that one, that album was sort of a, a, a hodgepodge of ideas, you know, from the start of the group. So um, I would say probably half those songs were written in 2010, right when the band started. And actually the first lineup, I mean, we never played a show, but we played through some of those songs. So like Annie, I think, and Unknown were written around that time. Um and then, and then, of course, this kind of life. And then there were a few other songs that I had like demos of, probably around like 2009, I think, um, that would eventually become, you know, some of the songs off that album. But most of the time, it's me, um, you know, writing on guitar or piano or whatever. Um, I I'll bring in the full song, uh, and it, you know, it's it's kind of tough, you know, me being a drummer, I like to, you know, I, I kind of have an idea obviously of sort of how the groove should go or whatnot, but you know, over, over the course of the band, I've kind of let go of some of those tendencies to, to hold on to, um, you know, a specific idea and try to be more, you know, receptive of, of other ideas. And, and we've kind of worked into a groove where, now I'll I'll bring in an idea that's you know complete in terms of an arrangement and 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 music and then I'll mess you know with Greg me and him will kind of 
you know, I'll I'll just play it for them and we'll jam on it, you know, uh, and um, and from that, you know, we'll kind of go back and forth saying, well, this works or, you know, maybe maybe I should, you know, do another course here. Maybe I should do whatever. So then me and him kind of complete that writing process um, and, you know, and obviously kind of work on the drum part. And then and then Joe, um, Joe doesn't like to hear anything until we start recording. Um which is just kind of it, it it's worked out for the best um because I think that he he just doesn't think about it too much and and when we get down to it the way me and him work you know it's it's very quick and so when it comes to writing a bass part you know he'll try something and I'll say yeah well maybe try this and and then that'll then cause him to go oh no I like that well I'm going to try this and and so that's kind of how we come up with that and that's how we work now. But for 1994, um, I ended up doing a lot of the parts only because I thought that I felt like we were on a time crunch. The connection that I had mentioned before that I made with the label um, previously, um, he had told me that um, that there might be an opportunity to you know if I could if I could put together enough for an album, there might be an opportunity to shop this thing around uh if we can get it within you know the next couple of months so this would have been you know fall of 2012 and so at the time the drummer greg was um he he was in school um and and he was you know had a full-time job and uh he couldn't get together very much uh to record and so you know with his permission i i did all the drums on that album, um, but sort of as a trade-off, we co-wrote a song together, which is with my Halo, and he 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 sings lead on that. I I sing backup. But me and him wrote that song together, and so so he's still on that album. He just didn't play the drums on it, but he's played on everything ever since. Um, and uh, and Joe played on about half of it, I think, because a lot of it was just I I needed. I felt like I needed to get it done. Um, and, uh, and so that's kind of how that, that came about, but from the, from the EP in 2015, that's when we really started to think, sync up as a group in regards to recording and writing. And, uh, and we've kind of kept that same, um, chemistry in relationship in regards to recording ever since then. Cool, man. Well, I mean, because you put out uh, you put out 1994 and 2013, then uh, there was the EP in 2015, and then you had your second album, Sitcoms for Aliens, in 2017. Uh, so, I mean, throughout that entire time period, were you guys playing, or was it just sort of a we'll get together when we when we can and do these recordings, or what exactly was the the uh, the trajectory there? We were playing pretty uh, pretty often from. Uh, from the end of 2012 to 2016, um, we we play a lot of shows. We did a, a a few like mini tours here and there. We um, you know, we we played in um, all the way up to New York and Philadelphia, across Texas, and and just you know, um, all over the place at uh, from like 2013 to 2015. So, so we played quite a bit. We opened up for a lot of bands, um, and, uh, and would write, you know, and, and work on songs always. I think we got together like once a week, 
Um, Greg actually lived with me and my wife for about a year. Um, so that was an interesting time, but, uh, <laughs> but in regards to music, it was, uh, it was a good time where we did get to get together quite a bit and try out things. And, um, and so that was sort of, you know, our, our experience between those years. And then at the end of 2015, we were supposed to, as a band, move to North Carolina. And because we thought that it would be a good hub um, for, you know, the bigger markets and bigger cities and whatnot. And, uh, and we were trying to make things work. So uh, my wife and I moved up first. And then my brother and his wife and their kid moved up. Um, and, uh, and it just didn't quite work out for me and my wife there. Uh, we just had bad luck ever since we, like, the, the first day that we moved, it was just one thing after another and um, just didn't have a good time there. But, you know, looking back at it now, I think it was we were meant to do that in order for Joe to be able to go up there with his, his family because he's doing very well there now. He he still lives there. he still lives in North Carolina and he you know has a great job. His wife has a great job. And uh and they've just been flourishing ever since they got there. So um so I just think that that's how that's supposed to that was supposed to go. But sitcoms for aliens um was something that you know when when we moved up there in 2016. This was beginning of 2016. Um, there was like, it was, it came together fairly quickly. Uh, the songs have been, you know, were sort of written over, you know, the course of, of a, of a few years, but, you know, really started to put them together when, when we first got there, I had a lot of free time and I think, um, and that's not always a good thing. Um, you know, when we first moved there, I was freelancing a lot and, um, I kind of got in my own head quite a bit, um, and uh, not not to the point where I felt like I was going crazy, but you know, um, there were some some interesting moments with with myself that um, probably wouldn't have happened otherwise. So I don't know if that really had a, you know a positive effect on the music or negative or, or whatever. But um, but the music for that album came together very quickly, and Greg, you know, he, he was. I don't want to say he was supposed to move up there because he, you know, he, he didn't commit to anything, but it was kind of the idea that he would. And, uh, and then it became very clear one day that, that he wasn't, but, but he did agree to come up and, and hang out with us for, you know, about a week. And I said, okay, well, can we make an album in that one week? And so that's how that came about when he, he came up there in April of 2016 and, uh, hung out at our at our place uh I, you know i had my gear and everything set up in one of the rooms and uh you know ran through the songs and this was kind of the first time he'd heard a lot of them but we just ran through them and and it was very you know him reacting to the music and in the moment so um you know and, and that's one way to it's not the best way to get um you know performance but it is one way and i think it fit that album because um, kind of looking back, th there were some things that afterwards he was like, oh, I don't remember doing that, you know, and I don't know if sometimes when you rehearse something for so long, you maybe don't 
you know, there is something about having that first reaction to it. And I think we got that on that album. And, uh, and then eventually, and then pretty soon after that, we moved back and I finished the album in, um, in Florida after, after Joe did his, uh, bass stuff. So I did all the overdubs and stuff when we had moved back and the vocals, and then we finished it in like August of 2016 or something. So, all right. And what do you guys got going on nowadays? What's on the, what's on the agenda? Yeah. So we, you know, kind of took a few years off. Um, I would say unintentionally, um, it just, you know, life gets in the way and, you know, you just, you can't, um, this not being our full-time job, we have other, you know, uh, responsibilities and obligations and whatnot. And so, um, for, for a number of reasons, Greg and I didn't get together, um, for about a year and a half. Um, we were still friends, but there were some personal things kind of going on between us, um, that, really had nothing to do with me or nothing to do with him. It was other parties that were involved. And, um, and so for about a year and a half, um, we didn't do anything noise heads related. And, and Joe was just sort of on standby in North Carolina. Um, but, uh, this summer actually, um, in July, we, um, we had a favor of a, videographer in town um I, i'd done some work for and as a trade he agreed to do a music video and i'd been wanting to do a music video for um king jake which is a song that we put out on a compilation uh it's not available on anything on or it wasn't available anywhere else other than this compilation and it was for a friend of ours who was a promoter uh named jake king uh, he was a promoter that got us like our first festival gig uh, on, on the East Coast, and just a big time like music buff and a huge supporter for other, um, you know, lesser known bands, and really connected us with a lot of bands that we ended up touring with. So I have always felt very um, indebted to, to him because without knowing you know without him really i don't think we would have done all of all that we did um and so um it's just the fact that he's just a, a very positive person and so he he, he but he, he came down with an illness in 2017 that uh really rendered him uh unable to do just about anything um and he's got a number of illnesses but it really it, it started with um uh, the root of it is mold illness, but it's caused so many other things that he he can barely stand up. He can't really walk a lot. Uh, he had trouble talking for about a year, and you know all these things that he had in the works, he had to he had to stop. Um, and he's been in in a huge amount of medical debt ever since then. He put out a compilation album, you know, with bands that agreed to contribute to try to help raise some funds for him. And, um, and I was just so inspired by, you know, the fact that even through all this, he still is, is trying to support bands. And I, so King Jake came out of that. The song is a, is about him. It, you know, it's about him fighting himself and, and overcoming himself and, um, and, and winning. But, you know, it, it's a very aggressive song because what he, ha- what his illness is, is 
pretty aggressive on him. And so I wanted to do a music video for that song because I want I want to try to give him as much um, you know um, promotion and support that I can uh, to try to help him raise some funds. So we by a miracle got to do this music video in july um joe it's the first time i'd seen joe in about a year uh joe came down for three days we had four hours together uh you know and again not really having any sort of relationship with greg for a year and a half i kind of you know hit him up i said hey you know we have this one shot to do this would you mind he you know, played drums on that song and so he I said, would you mind coming out for one day and, and just knocking this out? He said, absolutely. So we got together, and it was the first time we got together in like two and a half, three years, like in, in the same room. And um, and we knocked it out. We did the did the video, um, and, and it just felt great. And so a couple of days after that, I, I called up Joe, and I was like, so what do you think about maybe, you know, just keep trying to do this? You know, can, can we just, can we still do this long distance and just do it when we can? And, um, and he's like, oh, well, duh, you know? <laughs> uh, so, and then with Greg, I, I had, um, I, I hit him up a couple of days after the video too. And I asked him kind of where he stood and, uh, and he, he was in a much better place at this time. And he's like, yes, I, I can, I can, I can commit myself to the band again and I would love to be a part of it. And I was like, okay, well let's just, let's get together. I've got a few ideas. Let's just mess around with, with some stuff and see how it goes. Um, you know, no pressure, nothing. And we got together one day, ran through like five or six new ideas and, you know, and, and it's um, kind of where we're at now. Um, it, it went so well we had such a great time that we've been doing that for the last three months. And so, you know, we're working on a new album. Um, I, I can't quite yet announce who we're going to be working with, but we are going to be working with a producer uh, out of Nashville. That's about as much as I can say right now, but we are going to be working with a producer and this will be in the summer of 2020. And, uh, and so we're really excited about that. It, we just started like, getting going on that um so hopefully i can announce that in the next couple of weeks or so but very exciting uh uh and you know the whole band's excited i think i think we figured out a way to keep going without having to be around each other 24 7 you know um and i think for a period of time we thought we needed to be i think we we thought we needed to be up each other's butts and we realized that we didn't need to have that to keep going so 2020 it looks like it's going to be um pretty cool year with a, a new video a new album i hope and um you know 10 10 years yeah yeah well that's great man that that's you know in 10 years and you take it to the next level sort of it's it's you're kind of gearing up for whatever and th- like you were saying you know it's a different world now you don't really need bands don't need to 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 uh behave or, or act the way that they behaved 20 years ago you know it's a completely different trajectory now for how you can make a living or how you you know i mean hell i found you guys totally randomly it was off of a reddit comment on uh on the uh the our grunge sub subreddit and somebody just mentioned like well noise has just got to 100,000 followers on i don't know i assume it was youtube and i was like Never heard of that band. I I, th- I assumed you guys were from. It was like an older band from the '90s, 
And then after I looked you up, I was like, oh, these guys are my age and they fucking they kick ass and they're still around. And because I saw you, you guys had just put out this King Jake single. So I was like, well, they're still doing stuff. So that means they're still around. So many times you, you find a band that's, you know, like a good millennial rock band and they've, they've had to call it quits for whatever reason or they just don't gel with you the way that, you know, you, you, you hope music does. Um, so your guys is my point is your guys' fan base has been has continued to grow over this time, even after you, you, know, you guys you mentioned you guys took a break. Um, you, so there's and and they're gonna people are gonna continue to find that music. So and and now that you've got this next project coming up next summer, uh, you know that's that's gonna that's gonna open up a whole bunch of uh, new doors for you as well in terms of of, of exposure and things like that. So uh, it's gonna be really interesting to see what happens with you guys where where you're gonna be in a year, you know. Because uh, I mean I I do want to talk with you about the music industry and sort of we'll get your thoughts on. You know whether rock music will ever be pop music again, or if it'll if it'll ever achieve that particular uh, you know status in in pop, pop culture. Um, but uh, but before I get into that, I, I did want to ask you about your day job because you do you do uh, video production. You said so. T- tell me, I mean, what do you do specifically? Like, who are some of your clients? Yeah, I mean, well, it's kind of funny. I can't really talk about a lot of who I do video for, but I mean, I've done, I've done work for like BB and T I've done work for Yamaha. I've done work for, um, a, a few other, um, big name I- industries. And then a lot of, a lot of, you know, no name, a lot of, uh, local places, a lot of regional places. Um, just where I can find work really. Um, I worked for, I used to work at a TV station locally and that's kind of how I got my start. I do a lot of things for them. Um, so everything from, you know, like half hour documentaries to half hour, uh, like talk shows, like TV shows, running switchers, doing graphics for, um, for like morning talk shows, doing, um, a lot of animation, not like Disney animation, but like, you know, they call it motion graphics. So it's, you know, it, it's not as complicated as as that, but it, it's there's still a, a certain technique to it. But that's very popular now, doing those kind of videos. I mean, pretty much every social media video ad you'll see has some form of, like, animation, motion graphics to it. And so I do a lot of that kind of stuff. Um you know, I've done photography, you know, shooting, with, you know, with cameras, editing. I do a lot of editing. Um, a lot of people will go out and shoot stuff and then and then just dump, you know, a bunch of footage on me and tell me to make sense of it. So <laughs> I, I do that. And, um, and uh, yeah, I mean, I, I work for um, – a lot of my work is with agencies. So, like, advertising agencies, marketing agencies. I used to work at a branding agency. Um, and, uh, and so it's just a lot of that. It, it's, it's kind of funny, you know, cause you work with a lot of different clients, but you know, when you boil everything down, you know, there are four or five industries, you know, really, I mean, it's, you know, you got food, you got medical technology, uh, schools, you know, and so, um, you know, I've been fortunate enough to, to do a lot of work for a lot of different people. Um, I mean, and, and that's just, it's kind of what I do now. Um, I, I'm purely freelance now. I was working with an agency for the last couple of years, but 
it's just it's gotten so busy and and so crazy on the freelance side of things. I decided decided to grow that side of of, of my business and um, and uh, and then that is sort of allowed a lot of things to happen. So you know, I I would it would be wrong of me to say that you know having the freedom to work on my own um, hasn't had an influence on kind of the events of the band recently. Um, so I think, I think there's a balance to everything. And I think that's what I was missing over the last couple of years, which I just, I was working, working an awful lot and not having a lot of time to dedicate to this, um, or to the, you know, music. And so now I'm, I'm, I'm working towards a better point of balance, uh, to where I don't, you know, I'm I'm not going to go crazy. So nice, man. Well, um, we got about, uh, we're coming up on about 10 minutes here, so I'm just going to kind of fire some questions at you um, and just, you can just answer them as, as, uh, as you see fit. Um, but the first one is that question about the music industry and I'll just, I'll phrase it like this. Will rock, will rock music ever be pop again? Will rock stars ever be rock musicians ever be elevated to the status of like, say Ariana Grande or Post Malone? I don't know. Um, you know, I, I, I honestly don't know. Um, I think it could. Um, I, you know, I, I did. I, I'll try to keep this answer brief because I do tend to ramp uh, to ramble. <laughs> so, but I will say that I read this article a couple years ago that talked that compared rock music to kind of where jazz was mm-hmm. in, in the eighties, whereas jazz had this sort of you know arc from the twenties to the eighties, where it sort of peaked in, in the sixties, and then it kind of tapered off. And now we have, you know, sort of, I guess, legacy, you know, uh, artists. Uh, you know, you're always going to have, um, you know, people like um, Louis Armstrong and Chick Corea and all, you know, th- those people are always going to be sort of up there, just like the Beatles, just like Led Zeppelin, whatever. But you don't find a lot of, you know, that it. I don't think that jazz is ever going to be popular again. I think, you know, you have... M- these niche genres now where new artists can come up and be very successful in. And I think that's where rock is sort of headed. Um, I don't think it's going to be as popular as, you know, hip hop. I think hip hop is now in its peak. And so I think rock is sort of on the down uh, word spiral, so to speak of (laughs) that, of that arc. And, uh, and, but that doesn't mean that a lot of new artists, could find success in that niche market. Yeah, I, I totally agree. I think that everybody uses the jazz comparison now. Um, but the, the thing is, is jazz never went away. Uh, a, a genre can't, isn't just going to die out. But you're right. I don't think we'll ever – there will never be another Kurt Cobain-level musician. There will never be another John Lennon-level musician You know, uh, that plays rock music. There, that's sort of evolved into a new thing. And I actually think hip-hop is sort of – has hit its peak, and I think that it's going to start its its downward slide now too, um, over the next ten to twenty years. And I don't know what's coming next. I don't. I can't see it. Um, it's going to be really interesting to see where what the the next you know majorly viable for because it really comes down to what the teenagers are listening to, right? And uh, and I don't know what's popular with with them because I don't really know any teenagers. Um, but uh, so anyway, the the next question: uh, wh- What are you listening to uh, these days? Um, actually, I I do listen to a lot of uh, lo-fi music. So like lo-fi is in chill music. Um, 
so that are you know, very hip hop inspired, hip hop beats and whatnot. Um, and uh, I listen to a lot of that. Also, kind of have like a Spotify uh, playlist that I just shuffle. That it's just full of like indie indie bands that I've never heard of. I, I just want to hear as much newness as possible because I read another article like I don't know a year ago or so that it said by the time you reach your late your late twenties, early thirties that you that most people stop listening to new music. And mm-hmm. I was like, well, that's not going to happen to me. So that that's kind of what I'm doing now. I'm trying to make a, a very concerted effort to listen to as much new music as possible. So That's a smart idea. And that's so funny you say that because I read something that said 33 is the age when you stop listening to new music. I'm 33, and that's how I found you guys because I was out looking for new stuff. So that's a good strategy. Um, uh What's the first album you ever bought? Um, hmm, ever bought or ever been gifted with? Uh, either one. Well, the first album that I, I think I could actually call mine would be Sgt. Pepper because I got it as a Christmas gift. Um, I think the first album I bought with my own money, um, I want to say... I, I don't even know if I want to say, but I, will, <laughs> I think Sgt. Pepper is a good first one. So, Okay, cool, man. Um, the next couple are, are just about uh, specific Noiseheads songs. Um, the first one I want to ask about, uh, what, who is Annie? Annie is no one, and, and, and nobody cares, which is what I say in the song. It's, it, it's a lot of my lyrics, you know, I, I kind of... Very much like like uh, Chris Cornell, I, I've always loved his lyrics because they don't, not that they don't make sense, but but they are very vague, and you know you can derive a lot of meanings from them. And so, for the for the longest time, I tried to imitate that to a point where it could be about anything. Um, and so, uh, that's. You know, Annie is about everyone and no one at the same time. Okay. Um, but I will say, I will say that that the new songs that we're writing, I, I'm I'm taking a very different approach to lyrics. So it's it, there aren't going to be as vague, um, which again may be a positive or a negative thing, but it's going to be different though. Cool, man. So that was literal then in, in the in the song. I was I wasn't sure if that was if you were being serious with that or if that was just a you know. Um, <laughs> But uh, that's great. That was actually one of the other things that drew me to you guys. I I, I showed you to a coworker of mine because we were on the we were in the truck, and uh, we were listening to eighty nine X, which is sort of a um like the the alternative rock station up here. It's it's Canadian station, and uh, the I don't even know what the band was, but the lyrics sucked. That that's the a main problem with so much rock music, new rock music nowadays. Is it's they just want to be everything's so sad, and I just need to feel sorry for myself. Yours were, I mean, you, it's, it's, you're just, you're just saying things, you know what I mean? Like that's like you said, the Chris Cornell, he said when he wrote Black Hole Sun, he was just kind of like stream of consciousness coming up with things to say. And then that, instead of, you know, I feel so much pain, you know, times are gone for honest men. No one sings like you anymore. There's, you're, you're able to subscribe more meaning to the latter than you are to the former. And, uh, that's, that's one thing that I really, uh, that also drew me to you guys was, was, um was the lyrics. Uh, so because it wasn't just, Oh, woe is me. You know, life is hard. 
Um, and sometimes those can be good if if those are done right. Those you know there is a way to make those work. But uh, I do prefer the the sort of cryptic uh, approach myself. Um, but uh, uh, what the next one? This will be the last one because we're coming up on the end here. But the carpet kite. What, what is a carpet kite? Uh, so that came from from uh, our drummer Greg. Uh, he literally just said one day during rehearsal. He was like, you know, we should. I want to write a song called Carpet Kite. And he was, you know, he was joking, obviously, but um, but I was like, okay. And so that you know, we had that riff, uh, you know, or kind of the, the seeds of that song, and that was the first line that I, you know, because he had just said that, and that was the first line that kind of came out. You know, it was, it was stole the sun rolling on our carpet kite. I was like, that just sounds kind of cool. So yeah, I just kind of went with it, and and. Um, yeah, so I I don't know what it is. I would imagine it's like a magic carpet, maybe, but in the shape of a kite. <laughs> so I don't know. Yeah, that's what I pictured. Uh, I was like, it must be a, a kite made out of carpet. That's that's what I thought. Like a kite that somebody had constructed <laughs> out of out of a piece of carpet and somehow gotten to work. Um, all right, man. Well, yeah. Uh, so we're at the top of the hour here. Um, you kind of I, normally I I I, open, I wrap the show up by asking what's coming up in the future, but you kind of already told us. You guys, you guys have got some stuff coming up next year. Um, so perfect timing, man. This is I'm so glad that I found you guys when I did, and and now you're uh, you're going to be having some new stuff coming out, um, or new stuff that you're working on, and uh, we'll we'll pay attention to it, man, because it's it's uh, it's it's really great stuff, and I, I really I wish you guys the best of luck. And I'm like I said, I'm really interested to see where you're going to be in the next couple of years. I think that your audience is only going to continue to grow. Well, I really appreciate it. I, I appreciate you reaching out, and um, and uh, yeah, um, we're we're very excited about what's to come. I think I think we're sort of embracing um, embracing our age a little bit. You know, I think for for a while, I used to think that that rock was a young man's game. Not not that we're not young, but you know, I, I did think that you know part of the reason why a lot of those '90s groups had success was the fact that they were young and that they had this sort of, you know, ferociousness to them and, and, and this energy about them. But I think it's okay that I, I, I think that you can still have that, you know, as you, as you get older, maybe it's a little bit more mature. And I, I think we're excited about what, what that looks like. And, um, and, uh, yeah, I can't wait. So. Cool, man. Well, hang on the line. I'll give you a, a proper goodbye when we're off the air, but uh, everybody else, I'll be back next week. Uh, audio technician uh, Dan Susco is going to be joining me. Uh, we're going to be talking about audio-related things in his career uh, doing freelance audio, which is similar to what you do, Nick. He's he's he he does audio freelance, so um, it's kind of cool. Um, but uh, yeah, so I'll be back then. Everybody have a great week. This has been American Weiner on PodcastDetroit.com. <laughs>